Hi, I'm Flick today. It's me, Alan Smith, with Wheels Up as Tourists out of Friday's paper on October 29th. Um, actually, a day late in posting this because I was too busy yesterday, but just a couple of stories out of the day's paper and I'll catch up with the Saturday's paper later on. So, uh, front page of uh, yesterday's, yesterday's paper it was a Scots firm's boat caught in the eye of fishing storm. So, this is uh, with the French impounding a vessel amid ongoing Brexit sabre rattling. So, the Scots owners of a fishing boat impounded by French authorities yesterday said they were victims caught in the middle of an ongoing post Brexit spat between France and the UK. Macduff Shellfish insisted their vessel, the scallop taller Cornelis, was operating operating in accordance with the post-EU agreement and was being used as a pawn in the fishing dispute. It's a, a pawn, not a prawn. French authorities accused the boat's crew of fishing illegally in the country's waters off the coast of Le Havre. French maritime minister, minister said the French and the fishermen have rights All an agreement was signed. We must enforce this agreement. We have fishing rights. We must defend them and we will defend them. Uh, Macduff Shellfish Director Andrew Brune said it appears our vessel is another pawn in the ongoing dispute between the UK and France on the implementation of the Brexit fishing agreement. We are looking to the UK government to defend the rights of the UK fishing fleet. So, um, a big hoo-ha on us, obviously, and, um, you know, as far as I understand it, the, some French boats would be allowed to fish in British waters. That was the agreement, at, um, the, the Brexit deal, but... Um, they had to prove they'd been fishing there for like a couple of years before that. So, I mean, I think what the French government has done is just bombarded um, Britain with requests for, for boats to fish there for have never fished there before. So, they're saying no, and they've took offence at us, and um, it's all just blown up out of proportion. But we'll see. I'm sure they'll get something sorted out, and um, hopefully this boat will get uh, released back out into the water, and they'll get back up to Macduff, because uh, it must be... It must be terrible having to buy door in France. But um, anyway, that's uh, that's if it's happened to the MPR folk, and um, hopefully we'll get him soon. Now here's a story about a, a loon and his uh, sister up in Ullapool for um, have been on gun on strike for school every Friday to uh, protest about the climate. So uh, a 14-year-old has accused world leaders of wasting 150 weeks as he prepares for a, a milestone climate strike. Finlay Pringle uh, for Ullapool has been spending an hour every Friday for the past three years protesting for change alongside his younger sister Ella. He said he believes it is simply the right thing to do and hopes it will encourage politicians to start making more significant changes. As he prepares for his 150th school strike on Friday uh, before heading to COP26, he admitted he does not have much hope it will result in change. He says, I bed in Ullapool in the very north of Scotland, right next to the sea. I, I go snorkeling and swimming in that sea all the time. And when you're actually in the water, uh, you can see when things are changing. We've dragged plastic nets out of the water. We've uh, seen things moving on. Uh, and we're seeing it get warmer than it should. Uh, when you actually sit there and watch it all happen, it doesn't feel like you're doing something really ambitious. It just feels like you're doing what's right to protect the thing you love. Uh, Finlay, who has been described as Scotland's very own Greta Thunberg, told BBC Scotland that... Uh, Reaching his 150th school strike was not something to celebrate. He added, the fact I'm still going means that world leaders have wasted the last 150 weeks when they could have been taking the positive action to tackle the climate emergency. So, there we go. Um, you know, I, I did hear Ashley Lone speaking on the wireless yesterday and uh, 
he was very, very passionate about it, and he's obviously to, to keep going every Friday for um, for three years is, is quite a remarkable thing. Whether he thinks it's an achievement or no, but the thing that struck me about him was that he said, you know, some of his pals didn't really care about it, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to get in an argument, trying to change their minds. He just thinks it's the right thing for to do for for what he believes in, and um, you know. Uh, but a remarkable loon to, to be doing that. Plus, you know, he gets every Friday after he's out of school, so that's not too bad either. No, so um, a book club is the next venture for Duchess, and this is the Duchess of York, uh, Sarah, is to launch a historical romance book club with publisher Mills and Boone. The ex-wife of the Duke of York uh, released her first fictional historical romance novel titled Her Heart for a Compass with the publisher in August. Uh, the book, which draws on Sarah's own life journey to, and incorporates research into her ancestry, is a fictional account of the life of the Duchess's great-great-aunt, Lady Margaret Montague Douglas Scott. It was co-written with uh, Marguerite Kay, who has written more than 50 historical romances set in a variety of eras. Uh, the Duchess said, I am so excited to launch a historical romance book, uh, book club with my publisher, Melson Boone. Like them, I'm passionate about telling uh, wifey's stories, giving those who have been silenced a voice and promoting women's literacy. Um, publisher Milton Boone said, Sarah, Duchess of York is an authority in historical research and in telling the stories of wifey's lives. We are delighted to partner with her on this book club and know it will bring new readers to the novels and writers that the Duchess has selected. So there you go. If you're a fan of Milton Boone and indeed a fan of Sarah, Duchess of York, this will be right up your street. And um, I think I can safely say I will get a body surf with him. That I have never read Mills and Boons, obviously, when you're in holding, you've read nothing else. If that's the only thing left, I'll give it a go. But, um, name my cup of tea, really. Give me a crash, Ryan, one day. Now, here's a chip shop chain founder, uh, John Lowe. He's uh, died aged 88. So, uh, John Lowe, the man behind the Asheville Fish and Chip Empire, has died aged 88. He also ran a string of bookmakers and turned out once uh, for the Dons. He bought his first uh, chip in 1979 in Brigadon and grew the Arsfield brand to 14 at one point. Uh, he had lived in Brecon since the 1970s and he was born in Inverurie to John and Cathy Law. He was educated at Aberdeen Grammar School and when he left school he worked as an accountant at a fish processing firm. And it was while working there that he met his wife uh, Anne Burney. They married in 1956 and had two kids, John and Linda. In the 1960s, John made a move into betting shops. He had branches of John Lowe betting shops in Stonehaven, Portlethen, Bunkery, and Runaway Everdeen. Uh, he sold the business to Ladbrokes uh, around, around 1980. He also had an interest in hotels in Stonehaven and Aberdeen. He owned Topscott, which sold Scampi, and owned a seafood coal storage unit at Tullis before developing the Asheville. In 1979, he bought his first uh, chip shop, Fishing Things, in Scotsland Road, Brigadon. And it wasn't until six years later that the Asheville brand was born and expansion got underway. Uh, John Jr. said, My dad bought a fishing ship shop in Great Western Road in Everdeen. By coincidence, there was a fishing ship uh, nearby called the Asheville, which had a great reputation. When the owner, uh, Ms. Mrs. Stewart, retired and the new owners changed its name to the Continental, my father approached Mrs. Stewart to ask if he could use the Asheville name. She agreed, and that was how the name came about. Over the years, other shops were added, and we had 14 at one point, including three in Dundee. Uh, as a younger man, John was a goalkeeper and played 485 consecutive games in the Highland League with Elgin City, Bucky Thistle and Keith. Uh, in August 1959, when Aberdeen Football Club bathed their keepers route to action, John turned out for them in a League Cup tie at Petaudry. 
Uh, unfortunately, the visitors put four goals past him in a loss to Kilmarnock. So there we go. It's a, a rare story and um, you know, a fair old thing to leave behind having uh, the Asheville brand being set up by yourself. So um, RIP to him and condolences to his family. But um, yeah, it's a rare, a rare life he's led on the mind. To play for Aberdeen just once, that would just be a dream for me, folk. Now, just finish up with sport as normal. So, back page of the paper uh, for Friday, October 29th was uh, Brown could be the answer. So, Glass backs player coach to help guide Dawn through defensive injury crisis. Boss Stephen Glass believes pure leader Scott Brown can provide the answer to Aberdeen's defensive injury crisis. The 36 year old midfielder operated as a stand in at centre back in the 2 2 draw with Rangers at Ibrox. Uh, Glass fielded Brown in a makeshift back line due to the injury absence of defenders Calvin Ramsey, Jack McKenzie. Declan Gallagher and Andy Considine. Um So, well, to be fair to him, you know, he had a pretty good game, nabbed the goal in the high as well. So, um, maybe he has the short term answer to this, but hopefully some of the defenders will be back soon and um, help Aberdeen to keep up a couple clean sheets. That would be the answer. So, um, I'm going to say is come on, Aberdeen. No, it's made done for now. Just a couple stories out of Friday's paper of October 29th and um, in Aberdeenshire. The weather was uh, very mochy, piddly with rain and just horrible, you would say. Um, anyway, thanks very much for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, uh, please tell a pal and try and get a fuck more folk to listen if you can. And if uh, you can subscribe, that would be good. And if you are able to leave a review that's half decent, that would just be fantastic. So, in the meantime, thanks very much now. Cheers. Doodle. <laughs> Field, Bell, Field, Banner, Field, and Banner, Field. Lights of local stories that you believe in and hear.